0: good morning and welcome once again and uh I'm talking about purpose and I'm still going to be in the the background as we go forward and uh look at different things and uh you know there's different messages that you can receive you know we can have them ones that are are full of joy and hope, and we have these ones that cause a little bit of conviction, maybe some condemnation that we want to have to look to a, make a decision point, whether we're going to just ignore it or make change. We uh, we need to, to feel something. We need to be moved. There's a, often a debate about what kind of things should be talked about from the pulpit, and Many believe it's just that we need to just share the good news, just the gospel of Jesus Christ and just put everything else to the, to the wayside. Well, The Lord has given us a lot of information. And I believe that he handpicked each and every word that's been written down. And each and every account has purpose. We can't just go through and handpick what we like, just the parts that make us feel good and avoid the things that cause discomfort. No one ever said that life was going to be comfortable. No one ever said that being a follower of Jesus was going to be comfortable. Many things that we do in life, we have strife and struggle any relationship that we have there's times when it's not comfortable there's times when it's challenging and the most important relationship we have is with our Lord and Savior our relationship with God this is our most important relationship this relationship is what makes all of our other relationships have meaning have function to work, And there's going to be times that we're going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be times we're going to need to face change. We have to self-police ourselves and we have to look on the inside and we have to really examine ourselves. So I hope when things start to get uncomfortable that we don't want to resort to to flight to turn away that we want to look in and see why we are facing the difficulties from the inside to see why everything has become such a challenge let's start off with a word of prayer dear heavenly father we ask you today to to help us as we go through your word father to open our hearts and minds to receive it father To take myself out of the way father let your true message shine through we ask this in the name of your son jesus amen I want to talk a few minutes about uh, one of my favorite characters, which is Peter. I think Peter's really relatable. You know, he was a, a man's man. He was a, a fisherman. He, uh, he loved Jesus. He was passionate about the work they were doing. He wanted to succeed at it. He wanted to be the best. But yet he was rough around the edges. And many times, he, he failed. He missed a point sometimes. He, he backslid a little bit. He, he fell from faith. I feel like Peter is someone we all can relate to because at some points in life, we're, we're like Peter. So let's talk about Peter. Matthew 26 and 31. And then Jesus unto them said, All ye shall be offended because of this night. For it is written, I will smite thy shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, "Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise said all the disciples. This was Peter. He was the one that walked out on the water to meet Jesus. And then he fell in because... His faith withered. This was the same Peter in John 18 and 10 that drew his sword and sliced off an ear. Passionate, aggressive. But yet, this was the same Peter that told Jesus, No, I will not deny you, I will die first. But yet, we know that everything that Jesus says is true, and Jesus denied him not once, not twice, but three times. We've heard the expression that actions speak louder than words. Someone wise once told me one time that a promise is only good once it's been fulfilled. That when you promise to do something, if you're not going to do it, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because we cannot bank words, but actions... Is proof. He was talking about. What to talk about. And yes. The gospel is the core. Of our mission. We need to let. Just as many people know. About Jesus Christ as possible. We need to have. Souls. Turn to him. We need people making that commitment. Making that choice. Making that change. But it doesn't end there. We have all of this other stuff. That's here. For our benefit. To improve. Our quality of life. To improve the mission that we're on. We have a mission we have a purpose we are at battle so many times we think we just pray that sinner's prayer maybe we get dunked under the water and we think that's it maybe we talk a few people maybe invite them to church and we think that's it we're just waiting for jesus to come back there is more to it than that Many times I ask you, what do you believe? We've talked about how important it is to know what you believe. To be able to articulate what you believe. Be able to explain to people why you believe it. Be able to explain who Jesus is. We have so many things coming against the Christian faith. We need to look strong. We need to look smart. We need to be articulate. And it starts at the individual level. If I asked you today, what do you believe? Do you love Jesus? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to be a church member? Why are you here today? What would your answers reflect? But more importantly, what do your actions reflect? How many of us do we we take what we hear today are we applying it to our lives? Are we really trying it? Are we really exercising our faith? We live in the land of instant. We want everything just as quick as possible. And when it comes to to God, we make no exception for that. If he can't do things on our schedule, in our time, in our demands, then we call that a failure. God works on his timeline,
1: not ours.
0: God works on a timeline that works best for his kingdom and his people And for us, God does everything with purpose. When we focus so much on the the positive and we push everything to the side that we don't like, it really, really irritates me when I hear someone say, well, it comes up, do you believe? What do you believe? Do you have religion? Well, I'm spiritual. Which translates into, I take what I want from whatever category I choose, and I push away the rest. And when I say irritate, I guess it's more of a hurt. Because a person is missing out they are not getting everything they need it's like taking a multivitamin with half the vitamins missing it's like buying a car without all the parts you can't use it to its full potential What saddens me more is, is people that have nothing. They believe in nothing. They have turned their back on God. They've never accepted God. And they are walking through this world alone. But yet they're not. Because we can't remain neutral. If we're not on the side of light, we're on the side of darkness. So when we don't have Jesus walking alongside with us, if we don't have the influence of the Holy Spirit, then Satan is going to take hold. He has dominion over this earth. He has the ability to tempt. And if we don't have the knowledge to realize and see what Satan is, what He is doing, and how He is influencing people, we are going to line up and get right in line and go marching along and be part of that system. You know, that's not just for the unbelievers. Many times, believers are in a worse situation because, you know, we've done these things. We've, We've accepted Jesus. We go to church. We do these things and we feel like we're exempt. That we don't have to be on guard anymore because, you know, we've, we've checked all the boxes. So now we have a false sense of security. The Bible calls that cracks in the armor. And through these cracks is where the darkness comes in, where Satan comes in. We can always look backwards. And see, once we look backwards, we can see every detail. We know everything that's happened. And as we do that, we can either see how we could have done things differently. We could have made different decisions. We could have had change. We can't do nothing about it. We can't change the past, but what we can do is, is look at that and move forward. Even if something has been a total disaster, a total mistake, a total washout, we can take that information that we have gathered from our mistake and we can know not to do it again. We know to do it differently. We know to do it better. And we need to move forward. Not dwell there. Educate and move forward. Making a better present and a better future based on past information. One of the most important things that we need to take from our mistakes is to rely on God. Because God has the thing that we don't have. He has the big picture. He knows what's going to happen. He knows the future. How many times do we seek God for help before we get into a situation? How many times when we have a problem or the potential for a problem, do we seek God first? Or do we wait till it's already Past that point. Then we're playing catch-up. And we're asking for help to for resolve. Many times in life, we could avoid conflict. We could avoid problems if we simply seek out God first. You know what's amazing about his word? Many of these things that we are facing today have already been covered. He's already showed us what we shouldn't do, what we should do, and how He intervened. Our God doesn't change. If it worked then, if He did it then, if He did it for them, it will work now, it'll work for us. He is the same God. Sure, the culture's different. Sure, the time's different. The technology's different. But God is still the same. It still works. That is what's amazing about God. You can take a principle that was written so many years ago, apply it to your life today, and it still works just as grand. There is no expiration date on the Word of God. We have a God that tells us that He protects us. We see accounts after account after account where he protects his people in many miraculous ways. Do we live our lives believing that we have a God that protects us? Or do we live in fear and do we live in worry? Do we live in doubt? We have a God that tells us that he heals, that we have the power to heal. Do we have the faith to believe that? Do we believe that we can be healed? Or do we look at the circumstances, get caught up in the circumstances, and let our faith waver? We have a God that says he provides for all of our needs. So are we living in lack because we don't believe this? It's one thing to say that you believe. It's one thing to say that you have faith. But what does your actions say about it? See, because it takes some real faith to, to step out. To wait on God to do what he's going to do. We want to throw... Our faith in people. We want to throw our faith in tangible things that we can see. That we can see results right now. We always think there's someone that's better. That can tell us something. The Israelites, they wanted a king. They wanted someone to lead them. They wanted someone to tell them what to do. How to live. God said... Not a good idea. People said, we don't care. Let's do it anyway. God said, so be it. God pulls his people out of slavery. God says, follow me. Listen to me. The people say no. No, we want to do it ourselves. You give us some rules to follow. We'll follow the rules. We'll do that. It's just, you know, we just want to push you away, keep you at arm's length. We can govern ourselves and we see how well that turned out. We've had a significant change in our lives over this past year. Many of us have faced something that we've never lived through before. A different time. And we've all had to make choices during this time. Now we've had over a year now to look back and reflect on these choices. What people has told us to do. You know... Things haven't changed. God warned us then, and it's still the same now. We put our trust in an advisor, not an elected official, but an advisor. One of the highest paid advisors ever received over a million dollars in salary over the course of a year to receive information, to tell us how to navigate what we're going through. And recently we find out that through a series of, of leaked emails, that the information that we've been receiving Has not been true. The things that were supposed to protect us has done absolutely nothing. That medications that were supposed to be ineffective were in fact effective. In fact, recommended to given to this person's friends and family. But all the while. God has all the answers. We see how Satan jumps on something and takes advantage of it. Wherever there's fear, wherever there's panic, Satan is going to be right there in the midst of it. They said that not to go to church. It wasn't safe. Now as we go back through the Word of God, and we look at all these accounts, we see that people of God have been gathering in groups since the beginning. And threats have came in all different kinds of forms. But one thing God does is protect his people. There's missionaries. All over the world that go into some of the worst places, whether it be war ridden and your chances of capture or being killed is great. Where it's places where disease runs rampant, where there's no clean water, there's no health care, where sickness is supreme. Men and women of God go to these places each and every day. They are doing God's work. And they go and they come back unscathed. I don't believe that's by chance. I don't believe that's by accident. It's because they have purpose. And when you are doing God's given purpose in your life. He is going to put that protection on you. Told this story before about a missionary would go through and they literally would put his hand under a microscope and could see the germs, the virus these people were infected with would just literally die on his skin. That was a man that was touched by God. But you know, we look at that and it's like, whoa, that's something crazy. That's a miracle. We also see that Jesus would go and he would touch the leopards, he would hang out with the sinners, he would lay his hands upon the sick, and nothing ever happened to him. He never contracted anything, he never got ill. And yes, he is the son of God. But also, he said that what I will do, you will do also and also greater things. The word also says that the power that raised Jesus from the dead, one of the most grandest Miracles ever, the thing that took the most power, the most belief, the most faith, the most amazing thing, raising Jesus from the dead, that same power, we also possess through his blood. So why is it any surprise that we can be protected from the things of this world? That we can be protected from the things that Satan has dominion over because Jesus has already defeated Satan. The things in our lives that attempt to overpower us is just that, an attempt. We have already won the victory. But the thing is, we have to believe it. We have to have that faith. They said to close down the churches. And there's been so much backlash. There was churches vandalized. There was churches that were spoke out against. Because they were decided to remain open, and we remained open, just we're so small, nobody cared. But there was a lot of backlash. Talking about it wasn't the the Christian thing to do. You know, God tells us to to gather. God tells us to grouped together with like-minded believers. And there's not no footnote on there. There's nothing that says, do this except when There's no, do this in case of pandemic, void this scripture. There's nothing that says, well, if someone that claims to be important tells you to do it, then you should follow this and not the Word of God. The Word of God always reigns supreme. And if anyone goes against the word of God, if anything goes against the word of God, then we better stand up and take notice. Because if it goes against God, that means it's not of God. And if it's not of God, that means only one thing, and it's of Satan. Pastors are having a hard time. I've talked to many people and they're still scared. And we don't need much of an excuse, really. We don't need much at all just to miss church. It's just a little bit of something or another. And we're there. We're gone. All we need is something better to come along, something to keep us away. It's real easy. And what happens is as we, we have that excuse, and if we get away more and more, the more and more we get away, the easier and easier it is. And it's real easy to stop something. We can stop a class, we can stop a gathering. We can stop a service. But the problem is, it's really hard. To get it started back up. I talked to my fellow pastors, and we're all facing the same situations. Some search shut down, and even the ones that didn't seen a massive decrease in attendance due to fear. And now since so much time has went by, We're having a hard time coming back. We're having a hard time getting those bodies back in the seats. We're having a hard time realizing that we need to start moving in a different direction. Our state says that we are, are free. We are back to where we started. That There's no more regulations and yet you still see it everywhere. There's still people driving down the road inside their cars all by themselves wearing masks and gloves. And I don't know what that is, but I can tell you what it's not, and it's not faith. When I see someone that's scared of infecting themselves, that's not faith. We cannot let fear run our lives. If you think coming to church is going to make you sick, then you have no faith. If we are fulfilling God's purpose. God is going to protect you. Now I'm not saying we should jump off buildings. I'm not saying we should play in traffic. God still wants us to be smart. God still wants us to be cautious. But God does not want us to live in fear. And you look at. At everything that has happened, God is about love. God is about community. God is about coming us together. And they tell us to stay away to stay away from your loved ones, to stay away from your friends, to stay away from church. We can't even exchange a smile because your face is covered. We've The church has been being damaged for a while and now it's took a hard hit because we've allowed it. Because of our lack of faith, our lack of standing up for Jesus, we've allowed it. And Satan is getting stronger. We have a group now that is attacking everything that God stands for, and there's people who's going to say, "Oh, he's better than the other guy," and that things are going to get better. That he's, you know, no. If it goes against God, it's for Satan. You can believe it or not, but that is what. The facts are God is under attack. The family structure that God loves so much is under attack. The very concept of creation is under attack. Everything that God tells us is under attack. And we are just idly sitting by and allowing it to happen. Because first of all, we don't know. We don't know because we don't take the time to read, to learn, to understand, to talk with God, to understand what God wants, needs, and expects of us. There is nothing about the culture. There is nothing about the world we live in today that voids what God says. And the church is just as to blame as anyone else because they let the culture influence the word. Worrying about the wrong thing. I may lose members. I may lose followers. I may not have people like me for what I say, but I will speak the truth of God. And the day that that doesn't happen is the day I don't need to be doing this anymore. We have to stop worrying about feelings, especially our own, and toughen up. We've got to have an unwavering faith. We've got to start counting it all joy. There is still time for a revival. There is time for a change. There are still souls to be saved. And there is still a life worth living. But We have to start making the choices to do so. Bow with me, please.